eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Today we're going to take you through part two of our mock draft. On Wednesday, we brought you part one, and then we went through picks one to 16, and then we hit pause on the pod, and then go back and listen to that if you've not already. And now we hit play again as we come back for part two. The picks went down, some spicy picks, I'm not going to lie, for the first half. Um, Some really good ones, as I say, if you've not listened to it, go back and uh, have a listen to that one that came out on Wednesday. Today, we've got the same crew back, so it's myself, Rob, Andy, and Kieran. Boys, ready for part two? Should we just crack straight on? So first up, number 17 for me is at the Browns, as I said at the end of the last podcast. Um, I'm going to take another edge rusher. And just after we had uh, Rob's pick, uh, Gregory Rousseau, out of Miami, I'm going to take his, what would have been his running mate. Obviously, it's not because Rousseau's uh, opted out. But I'm going to take Quincy Roche, the edge out of Miami, as I said. So I started off by giving this to the Browns because I wanted to kind of team up with Miles Garrett because... I don't know, like Olivia Vernon's just not done it as he since he's been over there. Um, so it's another uh, hurricane replacing another one. And it's another productive guy. This is a guy who's coming into Miami, he played at Temple for the last couple of years. But he's, he's put up some impressive numbers. You know, he's got 13 sacks, 19 tackles for loss. He's an explosive guy. So I'll be seeing, you know, if he can step into Rizzo's, um, Rizzo's shoes as edge one really for Miami and really take this by the scruff of the neck and be one of these guys that we referred to on Wednesday. Um, to rise up the rankings and, and really take this edge class by storm, really. And I do think that if Roche can really, really kick his motor up a gear, because sometimes we do see like a lack of effort sometimes from what I've seen, um, him and Miles Garrett could be a really fearsome and young edge rushing duo moving forward. So, um, yeah, I'm quite excited for that one, if that, if that went ahead. Um, not too many glaring needs, I don't think, for the Browns roster. Maybe we could do with a linebacker, but they've made a bit of recent investment in that. Um, in the last couple of drafts. But uh, yeah, kind of excited for this one. Hurricane replacing another one with Olivia Vernon. Probably not putting up the numbers again this year in this coming season. Kieran, number 18 <laughs> with the Titans. Uh, I'm taking Paulson Adebo, who's the cornerback out of Stanford. I just think that's a big need for the Titans right now. I know they've got a Dory Jackson and Jonathan Joseph, but I don't think either guy is a cornerback one. And I think he could easily take the cornerback one position or at least the cornerback two during his first year he's another guy who's incredibly intelligent he's got a great nose for the ball he's not easily fooled by quarterbacks eyes either we see a lot of these young cornerbacks they get into the league and they'll get thrown off by a Brady or a Mahomes using their eyesight as another weapon and he's a guy who's not really fooled by that he's got great instincts and I think he can just slot into the Titans defense and instantly create turnovers for them Another former wide receiver, so he definitely got his uh, hands on the football quite a lot at the time uh, at Stanford, moving you know in the previous season. So it's another one who's kind of a shame that we're not going to see him probably play because I don't think the Pac-12 will play at all, kind of standing firm on their stance of not playing at all. Um, but yes, going to be interesting to see where he goes and where his kind of stock is after this season because he entered last year when he was draft eligible, kind of one of the top corners and a name on everyone's lips really, and then really slipped back after a bit of a down year last year so interesting to see where he kind of fits in and uh, obviously we've kind of gone through all of our draft now and we've kind of picked a lot of cornerbacks with a couple more to come after this so this is a it's an interesting class of corners to, to move through 
come to Andy now, number 19 with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, sure. Again, I, I think the Vikings might be picking a bit later than this based on current roster, but uh, obviously, as we mentioned in the first one, it wasn't us that set the order. So um, I'm going to, again, slightly reach possibly, but if it's your guy, it's your guy. So I'm going to go Wyatt Davis, who's the uh, like um, interior O-line uh, or guard from uh, Ohio State. Um, imposing blocker, um, fluid Good hands, uh, NFL pedigree in terms of families. Uh, grandfather Willie Davis is in the Hall of Fame, so that's an interesting link there as well. Um, I think the Vikings are like fairly set at quarterback, and if their draft picks this year work out, they're set at wide receiver. Um, they're in win now mode. I think they've got arguably a fairly weak uh, division based on what you think of Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers or not. But um, so yeah, I think that you know build that O line. Give Cousins uh, time to, to hit the d- deep ball, so to Thielen or uh, look uh, look over the top for Jefferson. Uh, so yeah, I, I like I like the pick here. I, again, I think I might be slightly reaching, but uh, you know, if you, if you need the position, you need the position. Yeah, no, for sure they've made a bit of an investment at that uh, position in recent times with um, another so another Ohio State yeah yeah Pat Elfline and then obviously Garrett. Bradbury recently out of South Carolina so yeah it's, it's one isn't it where you've got to keep your quarterback up right you know especially you know one who can hit a, a deep ball like Kirk Cousins over his, you know doing a lot of play action there in Minnesota and uh, you know he's relatively accurate when he's on form as well so yeah definitely like the pick um, and like you say definitely in win now mode obviously with the trade for Yannick Ngokwe over the last few days and uh, um, making that another really really top edge rushing duo obviously with Daniel Hunter. Moving forward then to number 20, Rob, you're up with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, do you remember the draft has just gone when the Green Bay Packers were crying out for a wide receiver and they didn't <laughs> take one? Um, well, I don't think like, I don't think it happens again. I think they learn from their mistakes and I think they draft a wide receiver. So I am putting my trust in the Green Bay uh, off back, back office and, um, and saying that they will right their wrongs. And they're going to go with Rashad Bateman. Um, again, this is... A guy that I'm just terribly disappointed we're not going to see this year. He already he opted out before the Big Ten uh, cancelled their season, so or postponed, whatever you want, whatever the correct terminology is these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was you know we guaranteed not to see him, which is disappointing. He plays for Minnesota, which uh, obviously in the Big Ten have, have got a lot of good defenses that they go up against every year, and Rashad Bateman has st- stood out. Um, one particular uh game that i i watched some tape on was the game against penn state where he went for 203 yards and a touchdown and he just looked different gear i mean penn state are they're not bad defense i mean they underperformed a little bit last year i think but um they're, they're you know they're a solid unit and to to, to rip them apart uh, purdue as well he, he ripped them apart with 177 yards he's the kind of guy that could just go off if he he's like deandre hopkins if he just gets in the zone He's, he's gone um, and I just love watching him and it's going to be again I'm just so disappointed I won't see him again this year I think that has I think that will um, sort of knock his stock a little bit I think he stay, I think he's got the talent to stay in the first round um, but missing this year but like we said already you're missing some of the biggest hitters in the wide receiving uh, you know in the wide receiver market whether they all take a big big step down um, is to be seen but I, I think he's still talented uh, as a first round talent and that's why I've got him going to, to Green Bay Mm. Obviously, a lot of good wide receivers are going to come out. Obviously, we're not going to see them, as you say. Um, obviously, dipping into maybe a bit of a tangent on fantasy, obviously, you must be excited for all these guys to come out next year and uh, yeah. really buff out that market. 
Yeah, I mean, a, a little spoiler alert going forward. Um, I basically, I got sick and tired of you talking about defensive players. So this, this in part one. So part two, I've just I've hammered some offensive linemen, <laughs> uh, offensive players, just so I can uh, I can get on my high horse a little bit. But no, um, yeah, it's it's a really good class for wide receivers. It's a good class for running backs. It's, it's a sort of steady class for um, quarterbacks and a really good tight end class as well. Mm. So um, yeah, fantasy football next year. Uh, the the dynasty drafts are going to be. Able to Dynasty drafts are going to be fantastic. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it's a very, very good class for all the skill positions in terms of receivers and runners, for sure. So after you uh, sort of saying that you want to go towards the offense, I'm going to go back and I'm going to take <laughs> another defensive player. Uh, this time I'm giving the Steelers Israel Makwamu from South Carolina. So another cornerback for me. Um is a big, big guy. He's a physical corner as well. So six foot four, 205, according to his bio on the South Carolina website that I was looking at before. Uh, kind of doing my research, things like that. So in reality, that probably means he's about six foot three and about 200, maybe just a such under. We know what these guys are like when they're kind of big up their measurements. But either way, he's a pretty big guy and it definitely looks like it on tape. Like we were talking about on Wednesday with kind of these physical corners, uh, Makwam is definitely not uh, scared to get involved in run sport. He actually looks like he really enjoys this part of the game. So this was kind of in my thinking when you've got a team like the Baltimore Ravens who kind of run the ball and you've got to have 11 guys who don't mind kind of getting involved in that aspect of the game when you've got, you know, the Ravens doing that, you've got Nick Chubb, uh, Joe Mixon living in that division as well. Obviously, this is an ancillary trait for a corner anyway, so I'm kind of looking then towards, can he actually defend passes? Can he actually play well? And I think he can. You know, he's a productive player again uh, with five interceptions last year, and I think he can play a bit of press man too. Also got a little bit of um, safety experience playing one game last year that, and starting in that position for the Gamecocks. Um, so yeah, a player that I really like, and it's a cornerback class that we really like moving forward. Obviously, this draft kind of shows it was taking a number of them moving forward. Kieran, you you want to come in on this? I've, I've spotted your hand in the air as I was going through that there. Yeah, like you said, he looks like he quite enjoys tackling people, and I think being such a t- massive physical guy, he, he does kind of enjoy laying the boom on some people. We we've seen him hit stick a few people this year, and mm-hmm. it, it it's like we've we've said every single one of us has said it's good to have a corner who can make tackles, and when you've got a guy who enjoys doing it, that really makes a difference because he's going to look to be physical, mm-hmm. and obviously he's a good a good matchup whenever. Um, they're sort of going up against these teams who have got big wide receivers like Julio Jones and stuff. I know they're not in the same division or whatever, but he's going to enjoy going up there and bullying absolute elite wide receivers because they're Mm. not going to be able to use their body as much to catch balls. So I think that's a perfect pick for the Steelers, especially with now uh, Fitzpatrick, who's probably the best safety in the league in terms of what he did last year. Just, just from last year, guys. I know, I know I see you shaking your head. He had a great year last year. Um, so I, I think pair those two together, two big physical guys, that's just going to make that defense scary to play against. And when was the last time the Steelers had a good corner? I said it you know, last time with uh, the Giants and Ed Rushers. When was the last time the Steelers had like a good corner, like a real standout corner? I can't remember. They kind of ruined corners, take them in the first round all the time. Hopefully this won't be the case. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably true. Um, I think we're back to you, Kieran, with the Bills um, at 21. Yeah, I've gone with uh, Sam Cosme, who's an offensive tackle from the Texas Longhorns. Uh, once again, it's it's a safe pick. They need to take a guy who's going to help out 
Josh Allen, keep him upright. I know he's a big, tall, physical guy, and he likes to break off and make runs sometimes, but he's got such an explosive arm and an app. It's, it's a cannon. It's good to give him maybe just an extra second to help guys get downfield so he can throw those bombs. So, so I think just for me, that's a common sense pick to make sure the Bills are keeping him healthy because I know there's certain he can get banged up a bit because he likes to play physical but I think if he can just stay upright that he's going to make a lot more big big time players down the field this year Mm. yeah it's definitely a a tackle that's kind of garnering some buzz at the moment not a player that I've watched a ton of so far Uh, definitely will uh, move through the season and have a look at him as well because obviously the Texans have won um, over here in the UK they're on BT Sport all the time aren't they they love to put uh, Texas games on are you um, going to be all right watching him? Because I know you're not a massive Sam Ellinger fan. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Exactly. I'm, you know, um, but, you know, it's, it's what we get given over here, isn't it? Unless you're a SPM player. But, yeah, I, I just want one player that I'll kind of have a look at. Um, it'll be run blocking, won't it, more than anything for Sam Ellinger. So it'll be, be sort of that part of his evaluation that I'll be looking at. <laughs> Rob, back to you. I've been a bit of a tight end site in next up with the uh, your Colts actually. Oh yeah. Uh, well, obviously this is going to be the thirty second pick of the draft next year. <laughs> um, but for 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 all intents and purposes, it's twenty three. Uh, no, I love pick Carl Pitts, the first tight end off the board, and I love this guy. This guy is fantastic. Um, yeah. You listen to the other people talk, like the analysts from 20, uh, 247 Sports and you, and the other guys who, who, who do this for their job, and they're talking about Kyle Pitts in the same sentence as Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. You know, that is the ilk of what we're seeing from Kyle Pitts. Um, I, I love him. I think he's fantastic. 649 yards last year, five touchdowns uh, in the sophomore year. He's going to fly this year. He's going to be probably one of the main, well, the main red zone weapon for 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 Kyle Trask um, and Florida, and I, I will mention this a bit later. No, no, I'll try no spoiler alerts, but um, Florida have got a pretty good schedule this year, um, and I think they're just gonna they're gonna dominate with with him in the red zone. And I think he's just phenomenal. I, th- I think I really do think uh, that he fits in India as well. Um, it was dodgy for me because I've always been a bit of a we need to sort of shore up the defence in Indianapolis. Um, we haven't had a decent edge. Well, we've had Justin Houston, but we've not had a real decent edge rusher for a while. Um, but like you said uh, uh, in part one, Lee, the edge rusher class is very thin. Um, so I don't think we reach here for an edge rusher. Uh, corner is another another one that we could have gone for, but we've already had 333 uh, corners in this draft so far. So I couldn't really pick a decent corner. So the other figure for me is tight end. And we know that Indianapolis likes to use tight ends. If we've got Philip Rivers, he likes to use tight ends if we've got him again next year. Um, but if, you know, tight ends has been a, a position in Indy which has always been used, but we've never re- really had an elite guy at tight end since Dallas Clark and the Peyton Manning days. Um, you know, we've had Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen um, and Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, these sorts of guys who are good at what they do, but they're not elite. I think it's time for Indy to get an elite tight end and to, to, to get him up to the next level. Mm. Can I chuck it over to you? Obviously, SEC guy, Florida, LSU, bit of a rivalry going on. What, what, how do you, what do you feel about Kyle Pitts? He's a, he's a bit of a weapon, isn't he? Yeah, I think it's a strong pick, and, and the kid can block as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. that's one of the things that people forget about tight ends is they are utility guys, and you need them to be able to block, and he can block 
Well, I would obviously liken him to Noah Fant in terms of physical sure. ability. He can block really well and he can make a move downfield. And even if you just stick him on like rubs and hitches, you can just high point the ball to him and he, he's going he's gonna to grab it off of pretty much any linebacker or corner who comes near him because he is so physical. If you've seen him jump for balls in the end zone, he is a real, real threat. Mm. Yeah, not like like Bob said. If if we get year two of Philip Rivers in Indianapolis, we've seen his relationship with Antonio Gates all the way through yeah. his career mostly, and how much he likes to use tight ends, especially in the red zone. So yeah, he'll definitely be a weapon moving forward for Indy when they get into the red zone. Andy, you're up with the Eagles at number twenty four overall. Sure. Uh, I, I, if we come to this point next year and there's so many corners have gone, then uh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But I think the uh, I think the Eagles are desperate corner as well. I've gone for Tyson Campbell from Georgia, who I, I, at this present time I think would be a, a bit of a reach uh, here as well. But I think uh, he's got the talent there and he's just uh, slightly underperformed so far in his career. Uh, at good outside uh, corner again, like forcing the receivers to the outside and, and in a division where he's going to be going up against the Cowboys, uh, and they're like quite elite uh, receiver stock at the moment. I think it's going to be uh, imperative that the Eagles really invest in the, the position going forward. So, uh, Campbell, I think, yeah, like I, I'm not overly sold on my pick here. It was more of a forced pick because of the other corners that had gone before him. But I think, like with this season and the kind of sh- the, the difficulty of the SEC schedule that Georgia are going to be uh, coming up against, they have a chance to, to really step his game. And, and like I'm sure it'll be like national TV most mm-hmm. uh, Saturday nights for, for, for the Bulldogs. So, yeah, really time to step up and, and prove his worth. Yeah, a couple of guys in the, in the cornerback department for Georgia who kind of could really uh, improve their draft stock moving forward. So, you know, might fast forward six months and this might not seem so, so much of a reach. But, uh, yeah, maybe kind of agree with that. But we have had a bit of a run on corners. So the, the cupboard is getting a bit bare, isn't it, now, <laughs> as we move forward. Uh, coming back to Rob them with the Jets at number 25, their second first-round pick. Yeah, the second pick, um, and and I, we had a discussion on the group, uh, myself and Kieran, uh, about what the Jets were going to do with their first pick. Um, obviously, I selected uh, Gregory Rousseau in part one, um, but I did promise Kieran that I was going to take uh, a weapon for Sam Darnold with the second pick because that is it is so needed. Um, I mean, have you ever seen such a great uh, lineup to, to Jameson Crowder, Brashard Perryman, Denzel Mims? I mean, it's it's a bit flat, isn't it? Um, it's like a can of coke that you on the side for a couple of days uh, so they need a bit of spicing up they need some fizz and that is comes in the shape of Rondell Moore uh, again I'm doubling down uh, today with uh, wide receivers that are holding out and not and we're not going to see in, in college football but again Rondell Moore is just pure talent uh, bit of a dodgy year last year had an injury kept him out for a few games but just look at his fresh uh, his freshman more year his freshman year is uh, his freshman year uh, and he, he just he just lit lit them up at Purdue. Um, he was uh, kind of a, a, a tier above everyone else there, um, and he just stood out. And I, I like that. Um, yeah, for for me, Rondell Moore. He had twelve hundred and fifty eight yards in that freshman year um, for for Purdue, and that is enough for me. Uh, you know, I know it's only one year, but he's just he's just different gear, and I, I love him. Sorry, that's not a very good take. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I waffled a little bit there. But, you know, Rondell Moore is just, is just electric. And you wanted to come in on this one? 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that the Jets need to uh, add a receiver here. I was wondering maybe if this kind of um, bias of people that are playing this year against people that are not could propel someone like Jalen Waddle in here. Um, yeah, definitely. With like, uh, they've taken Mims as to kind of play the outside receiver role again, and Waddle's like got the speed and can play slot or outside and sort of that. So yeah, I think there's a again great pick, and, and if he was playing, I think more would be. Uh, a really like solid uh, pick here. I, I just wonder if uh, Waddle will, will, will step in just because of the recency bias. Yeah, I mean, the one one thing that's definitely in Mondar Moore's favour for me is the fact that he's doing or having that production in Purdue. You know, it's not a talent factory at all, yeah. really. You know, they don't ever get good quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Drew Brees, notwithstanding. Um, and he's producing, putting up big numbers. And, you know, hopefully, you know, can we can see that in the NFL should he stay fit? Um, hopefully, you know, again, kind of qualifying a lot of our Big Ten picks with, you know, hopefully they'll play and hopefully we'll get to see that maybe in the spring or beyond. Kieran, do you, you want to come in on Rondell Moore as well? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm not going to bash the Jets too much because their fans have enough to cry about. But Rondell Moore, you can see uh, how he plays at college. He's not got an exactly an elite quarterback throw into him, but he mm. doesn't really drop the ball and he makes a lot of catches that necessarily aren't catchable just by the way he uses his body catches with his chest a lot so I think that's a really really good pickup for the Jets they really do need someone on offense because if you look at their wide receiver class it it looks like a practice squad I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect the guys they're all pro football players but it does look like a practice squad there's not many guys there who can really give you much depth for the wide receiver class so I think Rob really has made a perfect pick here because Sam Donald needs at least one person to be able to throw to and because he can't just throw to Frank and Levy on all season yeah I mean hopefully Denzel Mims will make some sort of an impact um as a bit of a maybe a bit of a long threat rather than uh, someone who's going to sort of get the ball in his hands early and create for himself but yeah it would be it would be a nice mixture because obviously we've seen Ron Dunmore working out the slot uh, quite nicely and yeah. uh, having a lot of yak ability as well so yeah definitely would make a nice pairing you have Sam Donald moving forward um, should he, you know, survive uh, the season uh, with Alan Gase as his quarter, uh, coordinator and head coach? <laughs> what about Taylor Ballard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just gone through, hasn't it? In the last couple of days, that's uh, yeah. I mean, got something for him, I guess. Yeah, but it's it's been cancelled. Yeah, it's been cancelled. Yeah, oh, was it? All oh, right, yeah. he's, he's back in Miami. Well, wow. pick, they'll pick him up when we release him, but like, yeah, what, what an astute addition. <laughs> what, what is it, like 2.6 <laughs> yards of carry or something like that? <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> moving on Moving on to some good players, back, to, back into our draft. Um, I'm up with the Cowboys at 26, and my selection for Dallas is another player that I really wish I'd got to see this season. Hamilcar Rashad from uh, Oregon State, the edge rusher. Now, I understand that obviously the Cowboys have just signed Everson Griffin and they've got uh, the Boise wide receiver, as I kept saying on our previous podcast when we talk about um, small school uh, powerhouses. Um, no, edge rusher Demarcus Lawrence. Um, they obviously drafted Bradley Nye out of Utah, who um, you know has a you know pretty good chance, I reckon, to make some noise in the league. But I think Griffin's a bit of a stopgap and Nye, as much as I like him, is a fifth-round pick. So if we're going ahead and we're going to give Dallas some some real juice off the edge. And I think Rashid is a twitched-up athlete. I think he's long and lean. I think he's also a really good pass rusher as well as being really good against the run as well. And this goes back to a little bit what, like what we were talking about with Rondell Moore, really, in terms of the fact that Rondell Moore's the only weapon that Purdue have and um, Hamilcar Rashid's the only defender that the Oregon State Beavers have. 
and he still gets production. He still gets loads of sacks, loads of tackles for loss. I think it was 14 and 22 and a half tackles for loss last year. And this is a guy that you can game plan against because he's literally their only good player on their D. And he's still getting home. He's still getting there and sacking the quarterback. So, again, a guy who I would love to see um, if the Pac-12 was having a season, but I don't think we're going to be able to. So this might turn out to be a guy who kind of maybe drops down the rankings because he's not going to play, but definitely play with talent in my eyes, for sure. And he's great in both the pass and the and the running game, isn't he? So that really like adds a lot there. And uh, yeah, Cowboys get a bit of a bit of a steal if uh, like that pans out there. Mm. Yeah, it's it's one, isn't it? Where the, the edge of class, as we've said a couple of times now in both pods, is a, is a bit fluid at the moment. I'm going to see maybe guys drop and, and guys rise up, depending on what seasons they have and who kind of holds out or who doesn't get to play. In the case of Rashid, one to look for anyway. Kieran, you're over over with uh, the Patriots. Your home pick here. At number 27. I feel disrespected that we've got the 27th pick. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give the Patriots the proper introduction. The 16-time AFC East champions, nine-time AFC champions, and six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots select future Hall of Famer Javon Holland, a safety out of Oregon. <laughs> That's how you announce a pick. You're not going to be able to say uh, AFC East champions for a little while, I don't think. So you might as well get it in now. No, we're the highest finishing AFC East team in this uh, draft. So Vegas <laughs> might be a little bit right. Um, yeah, I think Javon Holland, you've obviously been a Pac-12 guy. I've seen a lot of him play. Um, I think he'd be a great replacement for Patrick Chung, who's obviously on the older side on his way out. He wants to focus on his cocaine selling career, I think. Um, so, he, well, given the prison charges, we'll just, we'll just say that. Um, uh, he's very big, physical. I would probably liken him to Jamal Adams. Obviously not as high a tier as Jamal Adams, but he, he's a very physical guy. He likes to make tackles and he is a ball hawk. Mm. He he breaks up a lot of passes and isn't afraid. We, we've seen him miss a couple of assignments at Oregon, but I think that just comes with maturity of a player. He's going to be, once he gets to the NFL and gets to a team and a defensive mastermind like Bill Belichick, we're going to see him you know, learn his roles a little bit more and stay in his zones or stay with his man. So I think this is just the makes perfect sense for the Patriots. We have yet to see how Kyle Duggar is going to do, who we picked up in the second round of last year's draft. I think those guys could create a good safety tandem, uh, depending on how good Duggar does this year. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think that's just the most sensible pick, a guy to replace Patrick Chung uh, in the mm-hmm. long run. Yeah, and a guy who could play nickel as well. So got that versatility, like you say, for Belichick and his kind of defensive scheme and things like that. Andy, you want to say something on Javon Holland? Uh, not on Javon Holland. I was just going to say Kieran's available for scouting work just so he can get some money in to pay the liable charges that we're going to get off the, <laughs> off the back of that. <laughs> yeah, we better, we better, uh, we better say allegedly. Yeah. Patrick <laughs> Sorry, yeah. alleged cocaine career. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, your uh, communications uh, day job there coming through with that one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on then for yourself then with the Saints at number 28. Yeah, uh, I've gone for what I thought was the consensus tight end one until uh, until Rob went a bit uh, earlier with Pitts. But I've gone for Pat Freemouth, uh, 6'5", nickname of Baby Gronk. Um, You know, Penn State had been using him on the boundary uh, and stuff as well. as uh, So great hands. Um, 
like great player all round. I think he's, he's he's ridiculously polished for a player of his age, and uh, and uh, Penn State have, have got like a good track record on, at tight end as well. So some some caliber there, um, and and I think as uh, Kieran picked up earlier on Pitts, the, the all important in the fact that he's a competent run blocker as well. So yeah, I mean. I think positional bias again could see him slightly slip uh, here down to the bottom end of the first round. But you know we've seen Hawkinson and Kogo earlier, so there's every chance he's off the board by by this point. Um, obviously, with uh, being Breeze's last season, we don't really know what the quarterback situation is in. Uh, well, we don't know whether it is his last season, but if it is, then we don't know what the quarterback situation is. So it could change slightly here. Um, but when they've got a, a player of the quality of Jameis Winston, yeah. Right there, <laughs> <laughs> then all you need is your Cameron Brait and there is Pat Frymouth. There you go. <laughs> that, was, that was a good lead, Rob, right? That was good. <laughs> that is, mate. Yeah, I can't believe that the, 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 that division this year has got two goats in it. Exactly. <laughs> you guys know that I edit the podcast, right? <laughs> I can take this out. <laughs> yeah, Hashtag free Jameis. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be maybe a topic for another day. We've, we've, uh, we've gone over that one too many times in our group chat. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I think Pat Fryman is a good, really good player. Like, it's nice to see these two, quarter, these two cornerbacks, these two tight ends. I'll start not mixing up my positions again, hopefully. Um, who are more traditional tight ends, more sort of all-rounded guys, not these jumbo wide receivers that we see. Uh, you know, like to know a fan, Evan Ingram, people like that. It's kind of nice to see these well-rounded guys. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that we might not see him because uh, he, he he is baby Gronk, isn't he? He's a, he's a really top player and will be another big threat for whoever gets him uh, in the league in a, in a year or so. Yep. Rob, you're going to finish us off then for yourself with uh, your final pick of the, the mock with the San Francisco 49ers at number 29. Yeah, um, I I knew what position I was going to go for here. I just didn't know what player. Um, mm. So I've gone for running back. Um, and there are two or three really good running backs this year. Uh, and they could have, all three, three or four of them that could have gone in the slot. Uh, but I have gone for Chuba Hubbard um, because he's just a beast. Uh, and, and also, he's, I know he does pass the um, doesn't pass the ball. He's not a quarterback. Don't listen to me. Uh, he does catch the ball as well, but I think he's mainly kind of a rusher. I mean, over two thousand rushing yards last year, twenty-one touchdowns, um, and I think a Shanahan offense likes to have a kind of a one-two punch. They like to have the pass catch running back to Tevin Coleman's, you know from years back in Atlanta and now again in San Francisco um, and uh, Jarek McKinnon, them, them types, the, the pass catching bikes, but they haven't got an out and out runner. Uh, and I think that's exactly what they need. So I've gone for Chuba Hubbard because, you know, he, he can do both as well. Uh, but I think they'll use him as a, and it does remind me very much of the Indy situation this year with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Um, and even with uh, old Naeem Mines as well as the first third down back, uh, pass catching back. So, I think Chuba Hubbard is a fantastic talent. Um, I love watching him. He's one of these guys that, you you know, he's, he's just so good to watch. Um, the question mark will be the mileage, 320-odd uh, carries last year, you know, which was what Jonathan Taylor was, the question marks were about him. Um, but again, if he goes into the right offense where, you know, they've got the pass-catching backs and the third-down guys and, and he's a one-two guy, then it doesn't really matter about his mileage. It's just so talented. And I think that, is a need for San Francisco. Um, we know they've got a pretty stout defense. They've got some young guys, wide receivers. They've, you know, they've, they've got the quarterback um, and they've got the tight end. So, so running back for me is their kind of 
may arguably the biggest need um, to get someone solid, and I don't think it comes more solid as Jubal Hubbard. Yeah, Tim's gonna Tim's gonna fit with you saying that they've got the quarterback. And he listens back to this. <laughs> what? Um, so you mentioned at the beginning there with what you were saying, there was you know maybe a choice of maybe three. Who who are the other guys that you may be considering for this? And uh, your special uh, of running backs. Uh, Travis Etienne from from Clemson, um, a, a special guy. Uh, probably going to be the best college. Uh, po- probably going to be with Juba Hubbard as the best guy in, in college running back this year. Um, I really, really personally, I really like Najee Harris from Alabama. Uh, again, a guy that can do it all. And um, and your your old mate Kenneth gained lots of yards. Well, um, you know, he's another one that, that could have <laughs> could have gone in. It could go in the first round, but he's he's, he's holding out now. So I, I don't know. Well, not holding out. Sorry, he's opting out. Um, so I don't know how much his, his draft stock's going to take. So for me, Tube Hubbard is kind of the perfect storm. Um, but I, I could see any one of those guys because they're super talented, all of them. Kieran, did you have something to add there, mate? Yeah, I think Rob's made the right pick, really. Chuba Hubbard is probably the best running back in college football right now. I know, obviously, he said there's a mileage concern because they are. Li- he's literally the entire Oklahoma State offense at times. Yeah. He's He's just taken pretty much every carry they're given out there. And I think, although I'm very big on Jimmy Garoppolo, I know Tim's going to slaughter me for that. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great quarterback, but I think having a guy like Chubba Hubbard's really going to improve their game because unlike Raheem Mostert and guys like that, he can make quick safety valve cuts, take on wheel routes and really catch the ball out of the backfield quite well. So here's a, here's a little stat nugget for you. You mentioned his, he is Oklahoma State. Um, there has been one other Oklahoma State cowboy who's rushed for over 2,000 yards. Any guesses? Michael Murray? No. No, he was Oklahoma, wasn't he? What am I talking about? Barry Sanders, the genius oh, yeah, guy, cool. the absolute legend. He holds the record for the most yards <laughs> in a single season, 2,628. So he's the only other State uh, Cowboy to have done it. So, uh, so mm. yeah, Tuba Hubbard's in very good company. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about um, Najee Harris? How's he, how's he kind of ranking up against all these running backs that we're talking about? Because obviously he's a guy that was a bit of a shock that he didn't come out last year. Um, and obviously he's going to be coming back, going to be playing this year. He's going to be a player that's going to be on our screens and in our minds and, yeah, how do you how do you find him? Yeah, well, yeah, like I said, he, he was one of those that I was considering. Um, I, I do really like him. Uh, I think that he's he's always had someone with uh, sort of a running mate with him. Um, Alabama, obviously, Damian Harris in his uh, freshman year, I believe, and uh, Sonny Michelle. No, Sonny, Sonny Michelle, Alabama. No, it was Georgia, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. yeah, Sonny Michelle was Georgia. What yeah, you thinking about him? Yeah, um, but he's always had he's always had someone running with him. Um, whereas this year is the first year where he's actually got that job now down for himself. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see what he does. He he's he is someone who has got his draft stock, you know, at his peril. He, he's in control of that because if he has a good season this year, he could well be a first first round talent. Um, if he doesn't, if he's just kind of average Joe, then he he will stick around the second third round. But um, yeah, it, it's it's in his hands. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting position, isn't it, to see how it shakes out moving forward. Yeah. So I'm up next. So we mine a final pick. I'm up with the Ravens at number thirty overall. Uh, so my final pick for the mock draft is going to be taking Carlos Basham Jr. out of Wake Forest. He's another edge rusher uh, to round out a completely defensive mock from myself. Um, he's a player that affects the game. He can get sacks. He's another one who's good against the runs, kind of more of an all-round edge rusher. 
and it's got a little bit of a knack for forcing fumbles as well. Um, obviously, as we know, the Ravens blitz like a heck of a lot. Um, so a heavy rotation of rushers is kind of a must. And they've got Parnell McPhee. They drafted Jalen Johnson out of uh, Louisiana Tech a couple of years ago. But McPhee, 32. Jalen Johnson's a bit of a project, not really a rounded rusher at all. Um, but it does have a bit of upside. Whereas I think Basham can be more of a solid guy. Um, he doesn't have the athleticism that you would like maybe, but this is why he's going to be picked at the end of the first round or maybe the start of the second. He's kind of got that lower ceiling but higher floor, uh, which I think is kind of is needed when you've got such a project like Jalen Johnson um, kind of in your wings already. Um, and like I say, he could be a really valuable player moving forward and kind of just being that solid acquisition at the end of the first round, which you do get at the end of the first round after you've kind of first round players have all run out and you kind of get these kind of more solid guys making a, 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 bit, of a, a bit of a jump. Uh, the Ravens, obviously, if they're picking 30th, they're going to have a good season and um, it's going to be difficult for them to add like, this high-end talent. So I think, yeah, adding like a solid guy like Basham would be, would be quite um, a good move. Moving on to entry number 31, maybe our biggest shout of the two podcasts altogether. Mr. Moore, take it away for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> with this one. Well, to be fair, look at all the hands going up already. It's all good. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> well... Listen, here's the logic. It's uh, I just can't see Brady playing. and uh, He's going to play next year, according to his contract. Just can't see him playing another year after that. Um, just up the road in Gainesville, there's another quarterback who, who kind of started his first season in college football, uh, coming in for an injury last year. So I've gone for Kyle Trask, and it's a bit of a... Yeah, it's absolutely like completely curveball, and uh, <laughs> I can already feel Kieran coming back at me for the for the shade at Jamar Chase <laughs> last week in the last episode. But here's my logic. Okay, so you've got all of the kind of physical um, elements of an NFL quarterback: six foot five, uh, two hundred thirty nine pounds. He's got a clean release, gets the ball out quickly uh, under pressure, and in that kind of Florida offense, he's he's got experience of playing under center uh, and in the shotgun. So there's a bit of that, that kind of pro style there already. Um, looked after the ball last year, only seven interceptions and when you think he wasn't planning to, to be a major factor um, with Felipe Franks uh, ahead of him at the start of the season and um, that's not bad going at all when you've played most of the season in the SEC, only seven INTs. Um, look, there's concerns about uh, velocity, there's concerns about the, uh, his base when throwing but I don't think they're kind of incurable and, and as we always see, there's always that kind of one quarterback which kind of rises and maybe like this is too big of a rise for him but I mean I, I think we've said in previous episodes we only had like a fifth round uh, kind of badge on, on Burrow and stuff coming into last year so why not um, he kind of fits the the Arians mold of a quarterback big pro style uh, so I, I can't see like uh, I can't see what any of you are going to complain about really with this big gun <laughs> perfectly logical and, uh, and, I would, and I was also like Going over and thinking, um, how can I really annoy Lee? And I almost went Sam Ellinger. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, the, the, the kind of probably the logical one instead of Trask, if you're looking, could be someone like Jamie Newman. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to see if how he, he fares in Georgia. But yeah, Trask is my guy. Um, as an FSU fan, that hurts to say, but <laughs> I think he's got a, a good opportunity really this year. Yeah, I mean, it's like I say, it's a big pick. Um, it's it's one of these, isn't it? Where we are in August as we kind of record this, and it's one of them where you think, you know, we do have a full season of football ahead of us. The SEC is going to play. He's now at the helm of the offense. He maybe got his eye in a little bit last year. Um, so I'm not going to bash it too much, to be honest with you. I mean, it's going to be a, a sizable jump, I would say, but not out of the question. 
Um, and like you say, he's got the physical attributes. I mean, I was talking earlier on uh, on Wednesday, wasn't I, about physical attributes of uh, Gregory Rizzo and how the NFL kind of falls in love with these guys. So there's always a chance when you've got these unteachable size attributes and physical traits that, that you know someone like Carl Trask does have. So uh, yeah, not gonna. I'm glad you didn't go Frelinger. That would <laughs> would have been a sour <laughs> note to end on. Um, but yeah, no, I can I can kind of get behind the logic of this if if not the pick for sure. Kieran, we'll come to you on this one next. Um, I don't hate the pick actually. I was giving him the uh, the gator, <laughs> but um, I th- I think what Andy said is spot on. The guy's got decent ball security, and the mechanical issues that people do have problems with I think if you get in a camp with a guy like Tom Brady who uh, everyone said he's just completely changed the culture out there if you put him with a guy like Brady as a mentor who's gonna who Brady has almost perfect mechanics let's be honest he's, he's the greatest player of all time I think if you put him with a guy like that who can help him correct his mistakes and give him the work ethic he needs he can succeed at the NFL level and being in the SEC he is throwing against elite defenses every time he gets on the field everyone knows that SEC is just a defensive powerhouses all across the field so I don't I think this might this pick might be a reach but I don't think it's a bad pick by any means I think they could probably get him in the second round but if they if it's that's their guy I say that they should pull the trigger and go for it if they see the upside, because there is a ton of upside there. But also, you've got some issues that you are going to have to fix, but you can do that with NFL coaches and guys like Brady. Yeah, Rob, go for it. I love Kyle Trask. And I I, I, I think, Andy, I think you were thinking we were going to bash you here. But um, <laughs> and Lee's just being polite. If it was me that had said this, I would have been... Uh, no, I see it. I see it. I see the logic. Like I said, it's, it's, it's August and September. I'm not going to jump down. I, I have got Kyle Trask down as my Heisman winner. I said it in the group a couple of weeks ago. I bet on him it's 40 to 1. Uh, obviously, he's an outsider. But the, the reason I love him is because I think he's got one of the easiest schedules um, for in the SEC particularly. Um, and I think he's talented. I think he's got a good cast around him. I think he can succeed. I think Florida edge out LSU this year. Um, <laughs> I can't say it too loudly because Kieran's just going to go nuts. Um, but no, I, I really like this Florida team this year. And Kyle Trask is obviously the centerpiece. Um, and yeah, Kyle Trask for, for Heisman Trophy winner. Let's get on this. <laughs> like this there, I suppose it's, uh, like you say, um, easy schedule, not everyone playing, less competition. How much did you it's, put on it? it, it uh, tenner, £10 at 40 to 1. So 400, 400 nugs comes my way when he wins. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, this is the kind of year, this is why I'm so high on, on Texas A&M as well this year. This is the year for those sort of teams who have been sort of in the balance, sort of 10, ranked 10 to 20 for the last couple of years. These are the, this is the year for them now to step up and to get into the playoffs because there's going to be one possibly two spots available in that top four um for who could anyone could get so this is their chance yeah i'm really glad we didn't have kellen one popping up at the end of this, <laughs> this first round with Texas A&M, my god i don't think we'd get him in a three-round mock to be honest if we if we spent a week doing this anyway i think yeah i think like i say i think you got off you know you you've you've presented your case and i think you've, you've come off pretty well there to be honest with you and like I said, i'm definitely not going to bash anyone <laughs> a week before the season or two weeks before the season the- me and Andy, me and Andy are in. You know, we, we're on the same wavelength when it comes to quarterback. <laughs> you see, 
That's what it is. Big and and scary chaps, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) We have got to remember, obviously, this is going to be on the internet for quite a while, this podcast. When we listen back to it at the end of the season, we'll see how this uh, this plays out. (laughs) Kieran, you've got the Chiefs at number 32. Um, Just finishes off here. Yeah, I think they're going to take Eric Stokes, who I know another cornerback out of Georgia. He's only really been beaten on roots and stuff by elite guys like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, those sort of guys, <laughs> you know, best players in the SEC. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, the guy is solid. And I think the Chiefs really need to add uh, an extra piece to their secondary. They've got Tyron Matthew in at safety, and he's a great leader who can make sure everyone keeps to their assignments and keeps uh, playing at a high level. So I think they bring in a corner like this. He'll be cornerback too, probably play the weaker side of the ball. You match him up against some slightly slower receivers. Um, who he can just he sticks to guys like glue um, but he does have trouble with some guys who are sort of like speed burners we sort of uh, saw him have trouble with guys like Henry Ruggs and Justin Jefferson Um, but when you see him matched up against guys who are you know great ball catchers but not necessarily as fast he is great at that he can break up he has great awareness and and once again a nose for the ball so I think just adding an extra piece to the Chiefs secondary really elevates their defense because as we know that is the weakest part of their team right now it got better as the season went on with the pickups but I think if they can add an elite cornerback to that um, secondary that that's really going to elevate their defense and maybe take them to another Super Bowl Definitely an area of need. Uh, and I'm saying this obviously as a Chargers fan who wants it to remain so. Um, so, yeah, no, a really, really good pickup. Um, the really, really terrible, really cornerback pairing that they've got at the moment. So, I wouldn't be surprised if they added a couple. I'm surprised they didn't do it this draft, to be honest with you. At least added one. Um, so, yeah, no, a good player, a good shout to kind of end the draft there for us. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you, hope you all enjoyed our first round. I think, obviously, we'll do this throughout the season, uh, maybe a couple of times, maybe in the middle of the season. And obviously, we'll, we'll kind of concentrate this on after the season. So, a bit of a breakdown from the, from the draft that we've just had. Seven players from the uh, – sorry, nine players from the SEC and the ACC each. Fifteen defenders and uh, – sorry, 15 offensive players and 17 defenders. Rob putting us over the, over the threshold there, winning it for the D with his two picks. Um, must feel like – you're uh, like say going for the other team a little bit there. Yeah, I need a shower. <laughs> I need to go for a shower now. <laughs> I feel um, dirty. <laughs> Alabama with the most selections with four for the round. Andy with three of those, and then like we've been saying all the way through, a massive amount of corners being taken. Seven guys who play the cornerback position uh, taken throughout would be a bit of a uh, would be a high year, wouldn't it, for cornerbacks to be taken if it was seven overall? But we obviously like quite a lot of guys and. Obviously, believe there's not very many teams with uh, a complete cornerback pairing or a cornerback room, at least. A couple of notable names have missed out. Uh, Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, which I was surprised that no one went for. And Jalen Waddell, who we mentioned a little bit towards the end of today's pod when we are talking about wide receivers. And then obviously only one running back. And we kind of had a little bit of a chat about that. Anyone got any other names that we kind of really missed out here between us um, who, we've, who we've not mentioned? Uh, Sam Ellinger. Uh. <laughs> I was going to come in and say that, but I didn't want to leave the just his computer across the room. <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't get into that on there. It does um, feel like a, a, a kind of an NFL season where a lot of teams are set at quarterback and they haven't been for a while. So mm. it feels like that kind of coincides with a, with a season where there's not a lot of clear quarterback prospects other than the 
first two or three. So yeah, that would be quite interesting. One, there's nothing. If, if that's the case, it wouldn't be. And if the board falls like this, it kind of just gets the quarterback needy teams out of the way quick and fast. And then it'll be interesting to see where it goes and takes the intrigue elsewhere, really. So. Mm. I think like every year, you're going to have a team that has a bad year of a quarterback and then jumps the gun and picks someone up in the first round. You you see it happen a lot. And uh, while, like you said, a lot of teams are set at quarterback, you know at least one quarterback's going to have a substandard year and someone's just going to jump the gun and grab someone, rightly or wrongly. Yeah, sure, yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, um, and you look at that board, and it, I mean, you could even get it from like the middle of the... The, the round, like the Vikings or someone like that, if Cousins goes particularly AWOL this year. But yeah, um, interesting. And, and, and like that's kind of why I went for Trask at the end there, just because I think the, the kind of late riser in the quarterback class here is, obviously isn't uh, that obvious at the moment. And it tends to always be one, doesn't it? So be interesting to see who that is. Yeah, it would have been an interesting normal year if we had all the conferences playing, obviously, in, in, in the, a normal season without COVID. Because there's players like, you know, we've mentioned Jamie Newman, we've got Trask, we've got even Felipe Franks and KJ Costello, players who have like transferred. Um, and then we've got people like uh, Brock Purdy as well, who might have been in there, um, you know, maybe pushing for this kind of tier two with a good season. But uh, we kind of got some of those guys, but not some of those guys. So it's kind of an unlevel playing field that we're kind of seeing with the kind of race for being this quarterback. Um, kind of second tier, the head of that second tier. I'm interested to see what Jamie Newman does in Georgia's player I liked for Wake Forest last year, but obviously not playing in the, the greatest of teams, I guess, going back to what we said about like the Rondell Moore and people like that moving forward. So yeah, that just about does it for us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed you know, both of our podcasts. Rob, sorry, just about to cut you off. You yeah, no, so I just to say, there's a couple of offensive linemen um, that could could always go mm. in in the in the first round. Uh, Walk a little from Alabama. Um, I believe he's, he's coming out this year, and uh, the guy from uh, Michigan, uh, Jalen Mayfield. Mayfield, yeah. Uh, these are guys that could potentially break into the first round. So yeah, they're quite quite deep. Um, later on in the first, early the second, there's is quite a few offensive linemen that could go either way. Yeah, it's a, it is a good it's a good offensive tackle class, especially. Um, we've mentioned Dylan Redunds at North Dakota State, and and there's a couple of other people after that as well. Not a massive fan of Walk a little myself, but yeah, no, it's, sorry, it's, a good, said, it's a good class. I said Alabama, it's not easy. Stanford, Stanford. Isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there, it, yeah, there's there's a good there's a good few uh, that's coming out. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a year. If you're looking for an offensive tackle, it's definitely one of them because we get you know the um, ups and downs of many positions throughout the seasons. Yeah, but yeah, uh, great exercise. Really fun uh, to do this with you guys. Hopefully, you know we'll move through the season as we've said before, and kind of do this a couple more times at least through the season. Then after it, when we get into the draft cycle, obviously doing this a little bit as well. So as we said before on the Wednesday's podcast, let us know your thoughts about this. Get in touch on Twitter at Fulton Yard CFB, and also head over to our website where you'll find all of our written content, not just college football, but we also cover NFL betting, fantasy, retro, and of course Britball, um, and also. Let's give out some handles. Like we, we've been really bad at kind of getting in touch, so we'll come around the room. And just give out your give out your sign where the listeners can find you. Or Kieran, we'll come to you first. Uh, on Twitter, I am DCCYT Football, and on uh, Instagram, I am Dust Covered Cleats and True Hybrid KP. I've got two: one's personal, one's NFL. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be dropping my uniform article as well. Either. Tomorrow morning, UK time, depending on how late I stay up tonight or tomorrow evening. Um, it's been a hard choice, but um, Oregon are in that list a lot just because they have great uniforms mm-hmm. and a lot of service schools. So it's just I'm just doing the top 10, but if people enjoy it, we'll, we'll do another 10 from maybe smaller schools. Love it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing that one because we're not really... 
we've had a little bit of a chat when we kind of floated the idea, but we've not really had heard too much from you on that one. So I'd be interested to see what you've yeah, well, I've for. just been basically picking out every single person I know on Twitter and Instagram who loves football and sending them a bunch of uniforms, getting them to rate them out of 10 and then, and then <laughs> doing the list that way. Cause then I can sort of get uh, fans ideas rather than just my own ideas for the list. <laughs> Fair enough. That sounds good. Andy, what about you? Where we can find you, and you might as well, you know, plug your Dolphins podcast as well while we're here, while we're at it. Yeah, sure, um, I'm at AJ Moore Twenty One, but you probably won't find a lot of riveting content there unless you're into uh, history and pictures of scenic walks from the New Forest. But uh, yeah, if you uh, give us a give us a follow our Dolphin uh, Miami Dolphins podcast, it's just uh, Dolphin UK underscore Pod. Uh, there which yeah we're, we're kind of building uh, week by week and we've got some good guests coming up and uh, and that sort of thing and uh, and you know we've had um, good insight into the press conferences from the from the Dolphins over the last few weeks so yeah really lucky to have got off to such a strong start if I can say so myself so yeah pick it up a little bit there. Yeah it definitely looks like you've got a good start with the scientific uh, inside knowledge that you've been gaining on these uh, these zoom calls <laughs> that we've been seeing that's really good really good to see and Rob you're, you're across obviously many of our podcasts on full 10 yards so uh, yeah, give, give yourself a little big up and tell us where we can find you. Well, I I try and just get my like fingers in different pies all across the Full <laughs> Ten Yards network. Uh, no, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ffbritballer. Um, majority of my stuff is over at Full Ten Yards Fantasy. Uh, we're on kind of the bit of the eye of the storm at the moment because obviously it's draft time, so we've had all our draft build up. Uh, we're now at draft, and then after the draft is going to be a bit busy as well. Um, so yeah, so. We've got a podcast that comes out once a week over there as well. So go go give that a listen. Um, if you subscribe to this, then you'll get that on your feed anyway. So uh, so do listen. Um, but you're probably sick of me, so I'll just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, go, go over and head over to Full 10 Yards. And obviously, I'll give all the guys a follow as well. Whatever they're doing, they're doing good stuff, no doubt. Like I said, head over to Full 10 Yards. Like I said, on Wednesday for our season guide, which is available now. Uh, you get a PDF version on the website, or you can head over to Amazon, either on Amazon or via the link on the website and get an actual physical paper copy sent out to you. And all proceeds to sell, as I said, on Wednesday are going towards grassroots American football here in the UK. And last little advert from me is also our team uh, team up with NFL Shop Europe. You can get 10% off your order. Uh, discount code is Full 10 at checkout. So with all that done, guys, I want to thank you for your time over the past couple of days. Um, it's been a great exercise. It's been really, really fun to kind of talk some footballers with you. It's been nice. We didn't get one mention, really, of, of the C word as we move forward. Um, so we'll be back next week. We'll probably be previewing the first big week of college football and maybe earmarking some players to look out for uh, in the coming season uh, who we've maybe not mentioned today or maybe we have mentioned today. So don't miss it. And like I say, um, have a great weekend in the meantime. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yardscfb. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.